0: WFIU, Bloomington, Indiana, where you don't need to be an expert if you learn something new every day. For almost 10 years, Ernie worked various jobs for the Washington Daily News. He started as a cub reporter and worked his way through every task in the newsroom. In that time, he developed himself as a writer, creating his first fan base, the people of Washington, D.C. Until now, however, he was able to maneuver through life as an unknown face in the crowd. Until now, he could be himself without thinking about the ramifications of losing his job if, say, a certain someone didn't pay attention to such ramifications.
1: Hello, this is Ernie Pyle, the Hoosier Vagabond. And with me right here is that girl who rides with me. Maybe. Maybe not.
0: Welcome to the Ernie Pyle Experiment, Episode 8, Have You Been Away?
2: These eggs right now. There's a dozen eggs. That's exactly why we need why to. Why did you boil
1: a dozen eggs last night when you knew we were going to be home today? We brought
2: the eggs from your folks' place. So so, if I have to explain how long eggs keep to a right, so chicken boil farmer, them, they'll keep. Now, why can't we eat them at home? We won't. Why not? Good question. When do we ever eat at home? Good question. Another good question is, I can't eat six eggs right now. Oh, you're eating nine. What? I can only manage two, but I'll sacrifice for the common good and go for three. Nine? Nine! Don't argue with me. I ain't even hungry. There's starving children in West Virginia, and you ain't hungry. Oh, boy. I'm gonna throw up. Oh, you better not.
1: That Midwest wind will have nothing on me. Here. Oh, it's about time. Don't drink it all. It's the only way, dear. It's the only way. Bourbon and eggs.
2: I can't eat anymore, really. You've only had four. You've
1: only had one. I was taught a lady eats like a bird. Well, dang it, you're the only one who gets to eat like a lady around here. Give me that.
3: Hey, you're, you're already quiet. Oh, no. Arnie Pyle, remember oh, me? boy. No. I sent a poem in to the paper to publish, and you never did. You don't say. Name's Brian Keenan. That doesn't make sense. Sending in a poem? Sometimes, but no. How would I know who you were just by the fact you sent in a poem? Well, I'm Brian Keenan i never heard of you. I'm the one who sit in the pond. Oh, you're the
1: one. Brian Keenan. Brian Keenan, you don't say. Well, long time no see. Well, we've never met.
2: Don't worry about it, Ernie. It's just McPherson Square. It does this to people. Mm -hmm.
3: What'd she say?
1: Oh, we just said McPherson Square is lovely in the afternoon. (laughs) We've been away for a few months now. We just drove into the district about an hour ago, and we thought we'd stop here, have a nice little lunch between the two of us, right here in the square, Mm -hmm. right here beneath the general statue, before we went on home. Major General. Right.
3: McPherson, you know this statue's made out of Confederate cannons. I do.
1: Keenan, you're Irish. (laughs) No, I'm I'm American. Of course you are. You wouldn't want a hard-boiled egg, would you? No, 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 thank you. No, I wouldn't either. What'd you think of the poem? What poem?
3: My poem I sent to the Daily News. You are the editor, aren't you?
1: Well, at one time I did a little of that. Right, you
3: remember now, don't you? Well, Brian Keenan, there were a lot of poems. A walk. In the pink canopy of yesteryear's gift. On Potomac's old shore, my memories sift. Well, that's not bad. From actions taken and held frozen in winter's guilt into the grace of distraction, a promise may shift. Wow. It's the cherry blossom. Very good. The cherry blossom that lifts. The guilt of misdeeded politicians It lifts. Oh. It's Washington himself that never told a lie. Baloney, I say. My acts will make short shrift.
1: Misdeeded? (laughs) It's poetry. Oh. Sure. The cherry blossom. Yeah, now, I remember this. Now, didn't you send this in around <laughs> July? Yeah, I thought you would remember. Well, you sent it in July, sure. But the cherry blossoms come out end of March. Uh, uh, so, so? You'd have a better chance of sending in February. Anyway, nice meeting I, I, I have another, if you like. I have plenty.
3: <laughs> many written down. My mother listens to them all the time.
0: <laughs> and so it goes. That when one of the crowd takes notice of a familiar face, it doesn't take long for everyone else around to notice as well. Ernie wanted to make himself scarce, and so, with a made-up excuse, he left Jerry under the statue with boyfriend Jim and the eggs and the bourbon.
2: I left a sink full of dishes when we left last December. I'm in no hurry, McPherson Square. When I first come here 18 years ago, I don't feel myself here anymore. (sighs) Hello Jim. My fifth of four roses is out. But I did put some rum in my thermos, oh boy. Got some foot staring at me like I'm crazy. Some crazy hobo or something. Some crazy hobo talking herself. Morning. Well, went off on foot. To see the boys in the newsroom. So I'll take the car home in a bit, or maybe I'll leave it here and walk myself. Yeah. Got here. 1918, Jimmy boy. They were recruiting women for the war effort. I was young. I had to get the hell out of Minnesota. My dad let me go. He figured. I'll be back when it's over, but I just kept telling him it's still going on. <laughs> Jimmy, they had me doing office work, typing and running around, and Ernie came a few years later after that. He can write, he can write better than you, Jim. I thought he was funny. We met, and that was it. We were always playing with words, and we still do when he feels like it. i not telling anyone, i go find my own thing to do. I don't have to consider anybody's ideas. I'm so damn lucky he's doing what he's doing. Make each other laugh, Jim. So, I'm lucky too. I'm just carrying on. I don't know. I don't know what else I would do. I just have the... See, it's kind of brilliance or genius a person with words has and I can think like them and I don't I don't do it there's a uh, lot to be said for doing nothing I mean it Boy. I, I gotta be around it it's very attractive mostly those born with it have no other positive attributes lucky for him it's the only thing I'm attracted to. Oh, shh, don't get jealous now, Jim. Oh, certainly not call Ernie a genius to his face. Oh, bunch of Victorians waving little stick flags. Pff, come from Lafayette Square. Right from across the White House, Jim. That's where folks go to worship. They do, they stand there, staring at it. Roosevelt's gonna come out and autograph their Bibles waving their little flags in their hands like it's the fourth quarter of a football game. If they cheer loud enough, it'll matter. Don't go there. I did once. When I first got here, I shouldn't probably be too snobby about it. Most of them probably first-timers too, and they're getting caught up. It just gets my god, and they start... Genuflecting. So, I'm fine here, at Pearson Square, where nothing means anything. Yeah. What are you looking at? What's that, man? I said, evening, friend. Are
4: you drinking in public?
2: What? Are
4: you a judge? You can't sleep here. This isn't a Hooverville.
2: You can't talk to the Bonus Army like that. Bonus Army? Yeah. I'm waiting on my check. They said they'd be here with it today.
4: Bonus Army was sent home two years ago. Damn. And you're a woman. What? <laughs> Just because I'm wearing a dress? I'm getting the police. You go ahead. Hey, you.
2: Come over here. Police! Civilized. Police. Come Victorian. Over here, police! Monkey! I just came from Lafayette. Holy jeez, we gotta get back on the road, Jim. The Victorians are taking over the city! I ain't showing a bottle for crap's sake! I'm the only one sneaking a drink in this town. You you aren't looking close enough. THIS WHOLE PLACE IS DRUNK! HEAVY <laughs> VICTORIANS!
4: Good evening, ma'am. You alright? Twins can't see me. Ma'am. Uh, ma'am. Twins. Feeling alright, ma'am? Coops. Ma'am. What? Good evening, ma'am. Ma'am. You alright? friend? <laughs> Have you been drinking, ma'am? Have you? What's your name? What's yours? Are you a resident of Washington? Sometimes. I'm sorry, Do you 20 have 20 any identification? Have you been <sighs> drinking, ma'am. Here. What's her name? Pile. Pile? Pile. As in, mm. ma'am, do you know Ernie Pile? Who doesn't? Are you the Mrs. Okay. Ah, well, how about that? How about what? Uh, you're the girl who rides with him. Oh, we know Ernie.
2: Yeah, who doesn't? I already said that. No,
4: I mean it. Oh, it's
2: still why you (laughs) knucklehead. He knows everybody in this town.
4: Uh, No, no, we we were at your place a couple years back. Brought our wives, real honor. Everyone knows the Pile (laughs) Party, the old Pile Speakeasy. in the kitchen the whole time. We never got introduced, I, I, I don't think. Mm. I, I can't remember. I couldn't remember yeah, the either. entire next day, either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mrs. Pyle, have you been drinking? We've had a complaint.
2: You're going to haul everybody in for drinking in this town. You need to start on the hill. Well, oh, that's it, may it, be it. if
4: you were at home or indoors, it wouldn't matter so much. be anywhere I want. Mrs. Pyle, they said you were ranting, talking to yourself. talking to myself. Well, who were you talking to when we walked up? My boyfriend. Boyfriend? Oh. Mrs. Pyle. Where's Mr. Pyle? I have no idea. Where's your boyfriend, then?
2: He's right here. Where's yours?
4: What the hell is that? It's
2: record your goddamn voice. I don't have time to sit here giving you knuckleheads a science lesson. <laughs> I'm not taking questions at this well, time. Well,
4: I'll be. What'll they think up next? So you were just sitting here talking into this? I was. Huh. You want a drink? Ah. Say, Mike, I have an idea. Hmm.
0: <laughs> I myself have no idea why Jerry went along with her plan, but after a series of lowered inhibitions, along with her innate need to... Never take life seriously, she did. And now, we happen to find ourselves at the front stoop of the old pile place.
4: You ready? Hide it a little more. Where? Over there. Kick it over farther. I'm trying more. More. on that. Not that far. I'm sorry. That's it. Times up. Come on. Come on. on. Yes. Yes. Come
1: on. I'm. Hello, Officer Ernie. Hey, how are you, Joe? Mike. Hello, old timer. Hey there. Well, come on in. Can I get you a drink? Well, not so fast yet. Oh.
4: Well. Mm.
1: mm. What is
4: it? We found your wife. Go on. Uh, apparently, she. Ernie, she robbed a bank. Mm hmm. Yeah. She, she what? She, she did, she sure mm. did. I guess she had been drinking. She robbed mm. a what now? The, the bank. What bank? Federal Home Loan Bank Board Building. Federal Home. Well, there's no money in there. She didn't know that. She claims they tricked her. And she's pressing charges. Did
1: that my car parked right there? Yeah. I believe it is. Is yes. that my wife waving at me from the back seat? It mm, is indeed. indeed. You wouldn't be putting me on, would you? <laughs> oh, no. No, no, oh, no, no. Boy, Never. you about gave me a heart attack. <laughs> So yes, you're, putting, Ernie you're
4: putting me off. Yes, Ernie Pyle, you have been had. Oh. Except the drunk part. <laughs> we aren't lying about that. No, no, we no. are not lying about oh. that. She is drunk for sure. She was drinking under the statue in McPherson Square, hassling and scaring people. That part so, is also true. We were walking a beat, so we loaded her in your car and drove her here. And her boyfriend. Her. Oh
3: yeah.
1: boyfriend, mm-hmm. huh? Where is that thing? Well, uh,
4: she wanted to hear your reaction, so... Uh, so we
1: did. Uh, <laughs> it's right there by your feet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, it was his idea. It was uh, his hey, idea. Hey, don't blame me. It was his no, idea. Well, you, I guess me. that's
1: funny. It is <laughs> it's, funny. It's really it's, funny. It's on so I guess. Yeah. Oh, boy. We <laughs> got you. We got you good, Ernie. You wouldn't mind bringing her up here, would you? Uh,
4: in a minute. Uh, first, let's get that drink. Also, she may need to dry out a little. So, <laughs> come on right. Come right. on in. <laughs> oh, I
2: tell you.
1: I'm turning this thing on so that tomorrow morning you can hear what you sound I like. go ahead. You're not gonna stay drunk the entire time we're home. Okay,
2: mom. Mom, thanks, mom. When you do
1: this on the road, we can just leave Mama town. Mama. Nobody knows who you are, and I'm not embarrassed and apologizing everywhere. Thanks for the favor, mom. Don't be like this. I don't want to have to worry be about like you this. the whole time we're home. I can
2: find my way home, now, like you. Three miles from Washington, Uh-oh. you gotta ask directions. <laughs>
1: Well, they changed the roads on they didn't me. didn't change again. anything.
2: <laughs> it's a Maryfield, Virginia. It's right there for crap's sake. Three miles out of way.
1: <laughs> Please don't stay drunk while we're here. Okay. okay. We have a lot of friends to see. A lot of okay. folks on the business side of things. And, I Well, we'll it. be okay. back on the road in a week and you can drink then. It'll be better. Mm. It'll be fun. I'll match a drink for drink.
2: You can't match your socks and underwear. I am serious, <laughs> girl. mom, mom mother, mom. <laughs>
1: Don't start making me make mad. You, I'll make. Now,
2: you. dog, damn it! I'll make you a drink.
1: Oh. Huh? Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. Go ahead. <laughs> now try. Just try and get some sleep, would you? I'm gonna hit the keys. Good
2: idea, mother. Put this Gavin and fill your mouth with this.
1: You want to hear this? Mm Hmm. mm All right. Six thousand miles behind us and the white glow in the night of the Capitol Dome ahead. Six thousand miles of Canada and the United States without getting lost by as much as a block. And here, within eight miles of the White House, we went through a place called Merrifield, Virginia, which we had never heard of before. I heard of it. It was daytime. Please don't interrupt me.
2: Can't Shh, stomp all over. I know. Over I know. Go on. Start over.
1: Eight miles away, Airfield, Virginia. We'd never heard of before, and I had to stop and ask the way. It was in the soft, warm spring of 1923 that I first saw Washington. I was a cub reporter, and the editor had compassionately invited me to stay at his hotel until I found a place to live. We were walking to work that first morning walking with the world ahead of me, walking through McPherson Square, so green and pretty with people sitting leisurely on the benches, even as early as 7 o'clock. And the editor said to me, You'll probably like Washington, but let me warn you, don't stay here too long. It's a nice easy city and people get in a rut, and if you stay till you get to liking it too well, you'll never leave. You'll just settle down to a pleasant routine and never amount to anything. When I came back in 1935, I had been heeding that editor's advice for a dozen years, always getting out of Washington. But somehow or other, I kept coming back. Maybe it was the city that pulled me back, or maybe it was some stubborn part of me that didn't want to amount to anything. Anyway, here I was again. I've often wondered how Washington achieved the appearance and the niceties of a small town while retaining the best features of the big city. Anyone who sends in the correct answer plus $10 in gold can have my expired season pass to the American League ballgames. My only guess is Washington on the edge of the real South naturally has some of the South's delightful slothfulness. A good big percentage of the population came here from somewhere else, many of them from small towns. Physically, Washington is broad and smooth. Its parks are big and numerous, its streets are wide, and its buildings low and the result is spaciousness. Many of its people live in apartment houses, hence the city doesn't spread all over the eastern seaboard. A good part of its population is in comfortable circumstances, so that the pinched look and the anxious stare and the go to hurry, hurry, hurry seldom settles on the citizens of Washington. The whole thing summed up makes for easy living. When a fella's been shooting around the country and then goes back to Washington and walks down the street, All the people he knows stop and shake hands and say, how was the trip? So you say, fine, and you chat for a minute or two. One fellow stopped me on the street and said, I'm the man whose poem you wouldn't publish last winter. I started to square off, make what little defense I could, but he said he just wanted to say hello. And he didn't suppose he ever would get it published anywhere. So you see, when I sit at home in the evening reading in the original Greek and thinking about my friends and what a diversified lot they are, I feel very proud of them. I'm proud of myself, too, for knowing them. Of course, I just dismissed all of those who stop and say, have you been away? Or where are you working now? Or who want to talk about what they've been doing.
2: I like how you just end it
1: like that. Oh, do you now?
2: You have to find a rhythm. If you don't read it right, it feels like it peters out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a right way and a wrong way to read everything. I suppose.
2: That <laughs> a political statement?
1: <laughs> no. But rhythm, yeah, you got to have that. I hear. Well, I'm glad one of my readers gets me.
2: <laughs> what?
1: Oh, nothing. I mean, thanks. <laughs>
0: Next time, on the Ernie Pyle Experiment.
2: It's four in the morning. We're home in Washington, and the the phone rang an hour ago with some very bad news. A pilot is missing.
1: One night my phone rang, and a hurried voice said, What do you know about Howard? So, come now. What do we know?
2: Just that at some point yesterday, Howard took off from Wyoming, headed for Salt Lake City. He never made it.
1: That's it?
4: Mm, that's all I know yet.
2: No evidence of a crash, fire, no. or anything? I'm sorry, I haven't heard.
1: Missing. And that is aviation at its worst. Sudden news of death is like a knockout blow. It hurts and bewilders and then it gradually diminishes. But missing. That is a torture screw. Hello, Ernie. Hi, everybody. Listen, my influence on the aviation world in this town has shifted. It's a longer climb to the top to get to the bottom of things Mm -hmm. anymore.
5: Well, it's worth sitting at home by yourself waiting for word. At least we can feel like it used to be when your phone was the first to get the news. Have you called the White House?
0: Back next week with more stories from the Ernie Pyle experiment, I'm Dan V. Prescott reminding you that the good road never ends if you can only stay on it.
5: The Ernie Pyle Experiment was created by Michael Brainerd with a little help from the great Ernie Pyle. Episode 8, Have You Been Away? Jerry Pyle was played by Greta Lind. Ernie Pyle, Michael Brainerd. Bryant Keenan, Denarian Brown. Victorian Man, Owen Johnson. Policeman Number 1, Russell McGee. Policeman Number 2, Nicholas Crone. Dan V. Prescott, Tim Grimm. Carry on and on. Peter Spellos, executive producer at WFIU, John Bailey, sound director, script editor, and co-executive producer, Russell McGee, writer, director, and co-executive producer, Michael Brainerd, sound design, Jesse Brewer, composer, Ryan Chase, music assistant, Francis Creshone, foley artists, Brian Barnes and Nicholas Crone, production assistants, Brian Barnes, Chancellor Edmiston, Jason Fruits, and Nicholas Crone. A very special thanks to the Ernie Pyle Legacy Foundation, promoting the life and work of the great Ernie Pyle. Another special thank you to the Media School at Indiana University. The Ernie Pyle Experiment was produced at WFIU on the campus of Indiana University. Find past episodes wherever you access your media at WFIU.org.
0: WFIU, Bloomington, Indiana. I'm Carrie Oh, I don't even care anymore. It's not my real name, anyway. Onanan, that's my gnome de microphone. My first boss in public radio told me I needed an NPR name, something to fit into the pantheon of pretentious monikers known to our institution. Someone suggested carry Onanan, and I said, well, why not use my real name? And they asked, well, what's your real name? And I told them the truth, Ted Bundy. So my hand was summarily and sanctimoniously forced and that was the day I became Carrie O'Nanen. Though, to this day, I still drive a cream-colored 1968 Volkswagen Beetle, the car of the people. It's amazing what you can fit into the trunk of those things.